The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your belongings and give alms. Provide money bags for yourselves that do not wear out, an inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach nor moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. Gird your loins and light your lamps, and be like servants who await their master's return from a wedding, ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant on his arrival. Amen, I say to you, he will gird himself, have them recline at table, and proceed to wait on them. And should he come in the second or third watch and find them prepared in this way, blessed are those servants. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, Who then is the faithful and prudent steward whom the master will put in charge of his servants to distribute the food allowance at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master on arrival finds doing so. Truly I say to you, the master will put the servant in charge of all his property. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the men's servants and the maid servants to eat and drink and get drunk. Then that servant's master will come on an unexpected day and at an unknown hour, and will punish the servant severely and assign him a place with the unfaithful. That servant, who knew his master's will, but did not make preparations nor act in accord with his will, shall be beaten severely. And the servant who is ignorant of his master's will, but acted in a way deserving of a severe beating, shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. The Gospel of the Lord. The different branches of the military uh, each have mottos and sayings. And within those branches, even specific uh, jobs and, and groups have them. So, for example, the, the chaplain corps, uh, which spans all of the branches, uh, the motto is Pro Deo et Patria, for God and country. Now, the Coast Guard, which is probably the most made fun of the branches of all of them, has what I would argue one of the most important mottos. Semper Paratus always prepared. You might think, well, that's just the Boy Scouts. No, that's actually the Coast Guard. But this idea of being always prepared is a theme that comes up in the readings today. It's a theme that we hear throughout. There's another uh, way we could talk about this, and I'm reminded of Harry Potter, and in particular, uh, the fourth book or fourth movie, whichever you prefer, when Mad-Eye Moody comes to school. He's uh, an ex-aura. Essentially, he's like a cop for the, uh, the wizarding world and goes out and catches bad, bad wizards. And he's explaining to the class this need to be ever vigilant. It's what he does in the book. Everyone's like, whoa, like, just like you were just now. Or if I blew out your ears, my, my apologies. 
But the idea of like being prepared or being vigilant is something that we're all tasked with doing. Because as we hear in the gospel, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. There's essentially three ideas of this. There's our own death. We don't know when that's coming. There's the second coming of Christ. Don't know when that's coming. The third is when we encounter Jesus through other people. And we don't always recognize that when it happens, nor do we know when it's coming either. So this idea of being prepared, this idea of being vigilant, can also at times cause a certain tension. Because it's like, do I, do I have to always be ready? Like, is it, is it now? Is it now? Is it now? Is it now? Now? No, okay. Now? No. And so there's a, a tension formed in us, but it's not meant to be a bad tension. It's just meant to be one of preparedness, vigilance, ready. And taking into account our day and age, there's lots of things we need to be prepared for. I mean, for, for many of you, there's a preparedness financially just because, you know, stuff's always changing. There's also the preparedness spiritually, just where is my soul at day in and day out? Where is that at in relation with God? And then the idea of being prepared at all times because I don't know what the future holds. So if we go back and we look at the readings, we start with the Old Testament reading. We, we hear in that book of wisdom this idea of being spiritually awake. And for us, in the modern age, it's important that we keep vigil at night, the preparation of the new Passover. So in the Old Testament, they are always talking about the Passover. They're preparing for, um, for that celebration. We, we know that the Israelites... Uh, even had to like flee in a hurry at one point when they were escaping from Egypt. But the idea that we, as the new covenant, keep a vigil at night for the new Passover, it's the idea of being prepared for the Eucharistic celebration. It's the idea of being prepared for Mass. Mass that we are obliged to attend at least once a week, but perhaps attend more often, which is a great, great gift for us. And the idea of this daily or weekly preparation allows us to become spiritually awake uh, for two main ways. The first is, what do we do at the beginning of Mass? After we've had the processional hymn, we've done the sign of the cross, we've greeted each other, the first thing that we do is call to mind our sins. We examine our conscience. We say, where, Lord, have I made some errors or where, uh, have I not done so well that I, I need to just ask you your forgiveness? So in one sense, in our spiritually awokenness, we are identifying sin, but we're also preparing to receive grace. Because in every uh, examination of conscience, every uh, act of contrition at the beginning of Mass, our venial sins are forgiven, and we're prepared to better receive the Lord. And so we grow in a consciousness of sin, but we also grow in holiness. So that's being spiritually awake. We're preparing ourselves, we're being vigilant. That's the first way. Secondly, in the second reading with Hebrews, they actually, uh, he goes back and references Old Testament characters. He specifically uses Abraham as the example. Um, and those Old Testament characters, they had a, a very deep-seated, rooted faithfulness. They faithfully lived out their mission 
their call from God without being able to see or experience the fruits. Abraham never made it to the promised lands. He died beforehand. Moses never got to see the fulfillment of what he did after like the ark and everything. He never got to live beyond those points. Same with you know, the other prophets. Uh, and so this, this idea that they lived in this alert anticipation, it's interesting, or, or a prepared patience. They waited for the promises that were not visibly realized during their time. And so what was it? Like, yeah, they just, they remained faithful. They remained faithful because they knew that this was good and true and beautiful and from the Lord. It was their mission. How did they do this? So how could they remain faithful without becoming bitter or angry or upset? Well, they had a healthy amount of detachment. And so we have to have the same in our own lives that while we're constantly vigilant, we're, we're always prepared, we're, we're mindful of, of the coming of Christ, even though we don't know what it is, we're detached from the things of the world, which leads into the gospel. And so last week when we talked about and we heard about uh, the importance of like being able to like detach ourselves from materialism. Because when we're detached from the materialistic things of the world, we have more freedom and joy. When we have less stuff to worry about, we can just we can be more attentive uh, to what is probably the greater importance. And so that's re-emphasized at the beginning of the gospel, that freedom and joy are, are given when we're not burdened down by, by many possessions. But Jesus goes on. He has a lot more to share in that gospel. And the thing for us to kind of think on, to, to sit with, is this idea of waiting. Because just like Abraham or Moses or any of the Old Testament figures, we're in a state of waiting. We're not like the disciples, the apostles who lived with Jesus. But what happens at every Mass? So if we're staying awake, we're staying alert, there comes a point where everyone out there, all of you, are waiting for the greatest part of the Mass, which is the Eucharistic celebration. You're waiting for this reception of the Eucharist. Right? And so there's this anticipation that grows. You're like, Father, end the homily. I want the Eucharist. Come on. I know you're all thinking it. It's okay. And in a certain sense, once that happens and the celebrant comes down and prepares to distribute communion, there's a sense of waiting on my part. I wait as you come forward to the banquet feast. I wait as you come forward to receive and recline at table to receive the gift of the Eucharist. Again, that's why we talk about the Eucharist as this great wedding feast, this banquet. It's not just this monotonous, I'm up, I'm out, I'm up, yeah. It's like, no, like there's this anticipatory, like growing excitement that happens. But there's also a great caution Jesus gives. It's the last part of the gospel. So because we have to be prepared, because we need to be vigilant, because we need to remain faithful. We're always in anticipation of this, the Eucharist. There's this great warning, because when Peter asked the question, Jesus, who's that parable applied to? He talks about the stewards. In one sense, we're all stewards in different things, of different ways. We're stewards of our businesses, our families, our lives, all of that. But on a spiritual level, stewardship is the the responsibility of the souls. And so we, a lot of times, 
people will say that, uh, scholars will say that Jesus is referring to the papacy here, you know, the chair of Peter in particular, bishops, priests, uh, those uh, with knowledge, uh, they are called to share the, the truth of the gospel. And so uh, you heard it, those who know their master's will, who choose not to do it, get a severe beating. Those who are ignorant, you only get beat a little bit. And so right now, I get the severe beating, and you get the little beating. Until I give you knowledge, and then we all get a severe beating. So, But that's the reality. Like, as a priest, when I, when I die, whenever that will be, and I meet the Lord, it's like, I don't want to live a life that said, why didn't you do this? And, and for, for spouses, for parents, that's a huge thing too. Like, when you have your children baptized and you bring them to church, it's like, there's going to be a point. It's like, there's going to be an examination of that. For, for people at all stages of life, any vocation, there's going to be an examination. And I think that's where we need to then uh, leave, our, leave us with uh, the spiritual task for the week. A nightly examination of conscience is a really useful tool. And if you've never done one before, I'm going to give you a really simple four-point uh, quick one to do. If you do norm- normally do them, that's awesome. Keep doing them. I think they're a great tool for us to just uh, always be al- alert and aware of ourselves. So uh, at the end of the day, you're getting ready for bed. Take just a little bit of time. And there's four questions we have to ask. We have, there's four questions we have to look at. The first question is, Lord, where did I see you today? Where did I encounter you? Where did I um, discover you? Right? That's the first one. Am I being alert and awoken to you in the world? Maybe it was in a, in a sunrise. Maybe it was in uh, something of nature. Maybe it was in something you heard or read with scripture or a conversation, interaction with a person. First one, Lord, where did I see you? Where did I encounter you? The second then is, how did I respond to that? Did I, did I give you praise? Did I glorify you? Did I shirk, shriek away? Did I, what did I do? Like, how did I respond when I saw you? The third, and this one's a little more challenging, where did I miss you? So it's kind of like the first one, but a little different. So where did I see you? How did I respond? Where did I miss you? Meaning like, as I look back at my day, I'm like, yeah, I got really angry in this conversation. I probably could have gone about that differently. Okay, maybe I missed them there. Or, you know, like the train went by again, I got stuck in traffic for another five minutes, and I, and I missed the opportunity to just sit in peace. That's the tricky one. Where did I miss you? Then the fourth one is, how do I do better tomorrow? And maybe that answer, again, is going to vary so much. Maybe it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break open the Bible tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to, that, that, that conversation, I had this prompting in my heart to say something. I'll try to do that. I'll, I'll ask for the courage to say whatever needs to be said. This examination is so healthy for us. It's, it's not meant to be this uh, tension or this like beating ourselves up. Like we don't want to beat ourselves unnecessarily, but we want to call ourselves to something higher. Um, we want to be prepared. We want to be vigilant. So again, where did I see you, encounter you? How did I respond? Where did I miss you? How can I do better? If we do this daily, just like with everything else we heard, we remain faithful to the Lord. We remain vigilant to what he's promised to us. 
And then when we come to the Eucharistic celebration and we wait for this reception and this gift, um, when the gift comes, we're all the more grateful for it. So as I said, uh, I don't really want to be beaten that severely when I get to heaven. Uh, so there, there's times like that, yeah, a priest is going to have to speak a truth that is probably going to be uncomfortable or hard. But just know that if a priest is speaking that truth out of love for you, it's because we love your soul. It's because we love where we want you to get to, which is heaven. Um, and, and you don't know me super well yet, but hopefully you'll discover that that's, that's my motivation for just about everything I do, is love for you. Um, so we examine ourselves so we can grow in that holiness. Where did I see you? How did I respond? Where did I miss you? How can I do better?